0: Hey guys, it's Monday, January the 11th, and we are continuing going through the Bible in 2021. And today we are in Genesis chapter 31 through 36. Now, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time in reflection because we've got a ton of things to talk about. There's several key uh, key events that happen in this text and and I want to just kinda jump right into it Um, but before we do I just kinda wanna give us a little bit of a recap a reminder of where we left things off we were talking about uh, Rachel and Leah, who had just married Jacob, and um, I say just, that happened over the course of about 20 years as uh, as Jacob served Laban in his household, and so when we get to Genesis chapter 31, the first thing we see is that Jacob has had enough of working for Laban and being in his household, and so he makes plans with Leah and Rachel because really Laban, he, he's kind of a, a shady character in the way he um, has treated uh, Jacob and his family. Uh, he he's been very shrewd in his business dealings, and uh, the the Bible talks about how he's changed his wages ten times. And so a lot of these things lead to this relationship starting to sour, and it, it's souring not just with Jacob, but with with Laban's daughters, with uh, um, with Rachel and with Leah as well, because they agree to go with Jacob. They say, "Whatever your God says to do, we're on board." Basically. And so they make the decision to kind of flee through the night. They they don't tell Laban what they're going to be doing. And so this ticks Laban off. He, he's pretty upset about that, but he's mad for, you know, the wrong reasons. And so he's mad because he feels like he's been gypped, uh, even though he, he hasn't. Uh, he's, at, at, at this point, has used Jacob for what Jacob can give him. And so there's a lot of things that are you know not not very good character on Laban's part but Jacob's not completely innocent either and so these are just two um two people who are really after you know their own interests and so that kind of culminates after you know two decades of of uh, living together the relationship is just it, it's it's over it's soured and so um now Jacob and and his whole caravan they are gone they're out and so Laban pursues him and the night before Laban is is uh, is going to confront Jacob. God God comes to Laban in a dream and warns him, you know, not to not to bother him. Don't don't uh, don't mess with Jacob. Is basically what God's saying. And so, um, without that warning, the night before Laban could have stripped Jacob of all of his possessions. Uh, so instead, Laban came to Jacob as a hurt father. And it was at that point that Jacob tried to turn tables on Laban. He reminded him of the unfair business practices during his 20 years of service to Laban. He told Laban that God had, had seen the hard work that Jacob had put in and now was going to take care of Jacob and his family. Uh, Jacob took financial losses in order to, to, to be a good servant to, uh, to Laban. And Laban didn't respect that. He didn't have any respect for what Jacob had done for his family and what he had done for his household. So at this point, Laban proposes a covenant uh, and a covenant or a treaty. And this is basically saying that Jacob wouldn't harm Laban's daughters and that each person would keep their distance from the other. This treaty is going to signify Israel's separation from the east. And this covenant stipulated that God would be the watchtower that watched over the two. Now, this was the boundary by which God would keep his people separated from her enemies. So Laban... um, was Aramean or Syrian uh, from the east and so uh, this boundary would, would uh, signify where God's peoples, where, where, where Israel's boundary would be. So for the next part of this story, now we we leave Laban behind and and now we're headed back to the land of Jacob's father Isaac and Abraham, and the land his his birthland, his homeland where where he's headed but you know when he left there twenty years ago, he left some serious conflict with his brother Esau in fact, in um, I believe it's uh, twenty five where Esau makes, he makes known that he's going to kill Jacob if he sees him again. And so there's no doubt fear in Jacob's heart when he makes the decision to head back. And so I will say though the next part of this story finally brings a breath of fresh air. And I'll tell you, I love a good reconciliation story, especially between two brothers who had struggled with this intense conflict. And um, like I said before, Jacob, he, he had no doubt not forgotten that Esau had already spoken of killing him when their father Isaac died, uh, when, when that's to happen, hasn't happened yet. And so on their way back, Jacob sends messengers ahead to meet Esau. He sends gifts and and all of this hoping that Esau wouldn't be angry with Jacob. And Jacob was scared, as he probably should have been. Jacob divided his flocks to prepare for an attack from Esau's men after he found out that Esau and 400 men were headed his way. Uh, Jacob spent plenty of time in prayer, reminding God of his promises that he would protect him and keep him safe. Then in 3222, something really interesting and seemingly random happens. Jacob gets into a wrestling match with God, or at least a messenger from God anyway. We're not really sure. Um, about that, um, but at this point, Jacob is 97 years old. So this is hardly a physical challenge for an angel. Um, you know, angels are are strong, and and they're not going to be bested by. Uh, an old man like Jacob at this point. Jacob's 97. It, it, from the way you can read this passage in this text, it, it might seem like Jacob's a young man, but at this point, he's 97. And really, even if he was a young man, he still wouldn't be a match for a supernatural being. But the main point of this whole fight or this whole match wasn't the physical contest. Verse 25 says, When the man saw that he would not win the match, Now this isn't insinuating that Jacob is winning the physical match because we see the ease at which the messenger supernaturally cripples Jacob. So it's not like that this was a really good fight or a good battle. So this inability must have been a spiritual one. Verse 26 says, Then the man said, Let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Now, this shows that Jacob understands that in order for God to bless him, he needed to yield and negotiate and to negotiate in order to receive God's help. Now, remember that Jacob's name means heel grabber. Jacob was a fighter, and it was because of that fight in him that led him to the successes that he had reached at this point. But in order for God to fight for him and bless him, Jacob needed a character change. Jacob needed a name change. Uh, In the Old Testament at that time, your name represented your character. So the fact that Jacob was named Jacob, which meant heel grabber, meant that Jacob was a fighter and that he would fight for everything he had. So when the man changed Jacob's name to Israel, it signified a character change in Jacob's life. He would now concede to God, and therefore would receive God's blessing and protection. See, it's when we lose, where it, when we lose is when we actually win when it comes to working and dealing with God. When we submit to God, that's when we start to win. So next we see this reunion between Jacob and Esau. Jacob and Esau weren't just brothers, but they were twins. And personally, as a father of multiples, I can tell you that there's a special bond between children who share a womb. As a father, it's so refreshing to see these two brothers set aside their obvious differences, the things that had gone wrong between them, and share a beautiful moment together, a moment of of reconciliation and love for one another's families. It's really an encouragement that whatever conflict you might have in your life between you and your loved ones, there's always hope for reconciliation. Show grace for those who have wronged you, and you make the effort to forgive first. So God had delivered Jacob, and he had answered his prayers, and uh, like I told you before, there's a lot, a lot of stuff that that goes on in this passage, and and really we can't close out today's podcast without at least taking a look at chapter 34, and it gives us a disturbing account of Shechem making the decision to rape Dinah, the daughter of Jacob and Leah. Shechem then claims to fall in love with Dinah, and um, you know these people were not uh, they they were not part of this family line. They were Canaanites, and so there were issues there between these two households and and they they didn't respect it's obvious with just the way they interacted with with Jacob and his family they they didn't have much respect for his family line and so dinah is the daughter like i said the daughter of jacob and leah and then after after this horrible rape that that Shechem commits, he then claims to fall in love with Dinah. Now, Dinah had been defiled, so it would have caused irreversible damage to Dinah's chances of a legitimate marriage. Shechem knew this, and then tried to purchase her hand in marriage. Um, and so this led to an angry reaction, which frankly, I could totally understand why, um, from her brothers in which after negotiating that the men in the town circumcised themselves, which would have been a painful operation, uh, in order to marry Dinah because that's what they did. That was part of their covenant promises that they would uh, be circumcised on the eighth day of their, of their life. And so uh, uh, Dinah's brothers tell the, uh, the, the men of the town, in order for you to have a chance to marry our into our family, you need to circumcise yourself. Now, they never had any intentions of following through. This was a shady deal that they knew what was going to happen is that they would, um, well, they, I guess they really, they didn't think that they would actually do it, but the people in the city did. And so then they took the opportunity while they were recovering to go in and slaughter their whole all the men of this town and plunder their cities and, and they, they took all their belongings. And so this was a serious conflict and it, it struck fear into Jacob's heart. Um, and this was led by Levi and Simeon. And they, like I said, they slaughtered all the men in the town because of this. And so a lot of stuff, like I said, that went on here. If you want to dig in deeper, I'd recommend reading, you know, like I said, read, read Genesis 31 through 36 and Uh, Again, there is a lot of content there. Uh, These podcasts, you know, um, are great, but really all we have time to do in the few minutes that we have is to just kind of go through a survey. And so dig deeper, dig deeper in your word. That's what this podcast is all about. Uh, leading us to continue our our study in the Word. And so, guys, let me pray with you, and then we will conclude today's podcast. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Word. God, I pray for every person who's taken the time to, to go deeper in their relationship with you through reading their Bible and studying their Word. Father, I pray that you will give us revelation, give us insight, God. Reveal yourself to us, Father, in such a way that we cannot uh, we, we, we cannot deny your presence, God. Father, I love you, I thank you, and I praise you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, we're going to see you tomorrow, and tomorrow is going to be a very awesome podcast. I can't wait to see you then. Have an awesome day.